This night began as any other night might begin. The shepherds were in the fields tending their sheep. The people had all traveled to their hometowns to be counted in the census that Caesar had called for. And Joseph and Mary found themselves without a place to stay. It wasn't the scene you, you might have expected for the God of the universe to be born into. Nothing about this scene seems to be all that special. As a matter of fact, it's anything but special. And then, all of a sudden, the heavens burst open and the angels declare that the Savior of the world has been born. Glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. The God of the universe, the one who created everything on, on earth and in the heavens has come. And he is to be called Emmanuel, for God is with us. And not only is God with us, but God is for us. The hope of the world has been born, and through this baby we will come to know that though our sins are as scarlet, he has made us white as snow. And so we welcome you to Christmas Eve at Skillman tonight, delighted that you are here on a night that's not exactly traditional when it comes to weather, right? I'm not so sure that I would have, when we, when, when the staff and I put this series together back probably five months ago, I don't think we thought about it being 72 degrees tonight. And yet that's what we have, and so we're grateful for it. We welcome you. We're delighted that you are here. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for this time that you're willing to spend with us tonight. How grateful we are for your presence. We've been engaging during this Advent season in a series we've called The Colors of Christmas. We started the first Sunday by talking about Blue Christmas. And the fact of the matter is, Christmas is not always easy for us, is it? There are things about this season that is difficult, and December tends to be a magnifier of everything that's good and everything that's difficult in our life. Jake talked about Red Christmas and the fact that Jesus was born into an angry, difficult, complex, and complicated world. And we live in an angry, complex, very difficult world and have to figure out how to be Christ followers in that world. This last Sunday, I talked about Green Christmas And Green Christmas is really all about new life and what God seeks to do as He brings new life into the earth, into our lives, and that God has this ability to take those things that have been dead and to resurrect them back. The resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead abides in you and I as believers. And so tonight, we want to talk about white Christmas I'll make a bet with you. I bet we don't have any snow when we walk out of this room. Anyone want to take me on on that one? I don't think that's going to be a possibility. But I will tell you, every time I think about White Christmas, I think about Bing Crosby. That probably dates me greatly. And so you get to hear Bing and see him. Take a look. I'm dreaming. Of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow I'm dreaming of a white 
white Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases The best-selling single of all time with 100 million copies sold. And there is something about that moment that just resonates with us, doesn't it? We think about this time of year. We think about this season of the year. We think about things being made new again. We think about the freshness of fallen snow. And yet the scriptures talk about white Christmas in kind of a different sort of way. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, these words. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. This white Christmas verse is directed toward a people who was in, who were incredibly rebellious and difficult, the Israelite nation. We talk about this time of year, we're going to find out who's naughty or nice, right? Who's going to be on the naughty or nice list? Let me help you with this moment. The Israelite nation was on the naughty list continually. They were always in competition, always looking for ways to do their own thing as opposed to doing the things that God had laid out for them to go and do. And as I looked at this verse and I thought about this nation of people, I got hung up on that idea of though your sins be as scarlet, though they be red like crimson, 
And I started looking at that, and, and really, it was, it's a word in Hebrew that talks about a dye that was used at that time in the ancient world, that when you dyed a piece of wool with this particular dye, it was permanent. It was going to be so red, so deep, so dark, you would never be able to get that stain out. Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. The stain of sin is something we can't remove. We kind of know what that looks like. I decided I wanted to show you what it might have been like. This is grape juice that's on this lovely, I mean, very expensive piece of carpet, right? Very very lovely piece of carpet that's here. I promise you there is going to be nothing I'm going to be able to do easily. We will run that thing through the washer machine a lot of the time. And I promise you, I don't think this is going to come out. But I thought I would kind of, I'd kind of help us with that. I thought I'd try. So I brought... Some spot shot. Anybody ever tried spot shot before? Anybody know what it looks like? Well, look, here we're going to try to walk this thing out. I'm going to spray some spot shot right there. And let's see what happens when I try to get... Well, here's what happens. It goes on my white rag. Nothing changes. In fact, this thing just seems to smear... As it goes along, and I got to looking at that, and I got to thinking about that. Isn't that a lot of the times what we try to do with the stains in our life? We try by our good works and by the things that we want to try to accomplish to sit there and talk about ourselves being good people that are trying to do good things. And yet all of that does nothing. Isaiah understood it pretty well. They understood what was going on in the ancient world too because they did the same thing. They tried to fix their stain problem by dealing with religious moments and coming to church and taking care of the poor. And Isaiah speaks to that in Isaiah 1, verses 11, 13, and 15. He says, the multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. And just like I've done trying to solve my stain problem, there's nothing I can do to make that work. There's nothing I can do to fix this. And you know, the thing about it is... A lot of times, even if I'm able to get the stain out, there's something that remains. Chris and I were talking this afternoon. We had gone house looking about 2007, trying to find a home that was in this area that we really, we were going to live in for a long, long time. And we looked at a lot of different houses. And we walked in this house that was gorgeous on the inside. It had what looked like fairly new carpet in it. It looked like it had been fairly well maintained throughout the year, but there was this smell that was there. And I kept on trying to figure out, what's the smell? Why is this here? And then I looked out in the backyard. They had two great days. 
that lived in their house with them. And then I began to realize, you know what? Though you can kind of make it look better, you can't get the stain completely out even though you try very hard to do so. So what do we do about our problem? And that's what White Christmas is all about. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, the prophet talks about how God decides to deal with our problem. Nevertheless, he says, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. And then he says these words that are very familiar to us, particularly at this time of year. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And the truth of the matter is, this baby comes into the world to change the world. As we've talked about all this month, to take those times when our life is blue And to bring real meaning in the midst of all of that. To deal with the angry world in which we live in. And to become the Prince of Peace that He promises He's going to be. And to bring green back into our life by restoring those things that were dead. And bring them back to life once again. This child who is described by Isaiah as a great light grows up. And he deals with our stain problem in this way. Isaiah 53. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the story of Christmas. That God refused to remain distant and out there, but that God came near, and He came near in the most helpless form possible. He draws near in the form of a baby. But that baby grows up. And that baby is pierced for our transgressions. And our iniquities are laid on Him so that God can take our stain problem and deal with our stain problem. In fact, it's, it's prophesied and told. When, he, when, when the angel talked to Joseph, he talked about what Jesus had come to do. When the angel talked to Mary, he talked about what Jesus came to do. Matthew one twenty one: She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. In Luke 2, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. The angel could have said a miracle worker has been born. 
For Jesus indeed, during the course of his ministry, did miracle after miracle. As he raised the dead, he healed the sick, he caused the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak. All of those things he did in his life. He could have been described in a lot of different ways, but he's described as a Savior because that's what we needed. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. But if our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But our greatest need was forgiveness. And because of that, he sent a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And that's why I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. With every Christmas card I write... Because that Jesus doesn't try to clean the mess of my own carpet up. He just gives me a new piece of carpet. And because of the blood of Christ and because of what Christ has done in my life and your life and to everyone who takes him and accepts him, because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, he makes things New again. All things new again. As I was thinking about this sermon, I thought about a couple of things. I thought about the time when I was 16 years old and I was a new Christian. And one of the things they used to do with the young men that were new Christians is they would make them serve communion. They thought that was a good way to break them into the church, right? And so I was serving from the back, and I was nervous. I will tell you what, I can stand up here and do this all day long. That makes me nervous, and I'll tell you why. Because there was an an elderly lady who was sitting in the back, and she was wearing a white fur. And I did great with the bread, but it came time for the cup, and my hands were doing this number, and I handed it to her, And her hands started doing this number. And before long, she had poured all of that grape juice all over that white fur. Guess what? It looked a lot like this. And it was never going to be dealt with and be able to, you could never get it out again. It wasn't going to happen. I thought about that moment. I also thought about a hymn that I grew up singing That reminds me of why white Christmas is possible. And the words of that hymn go like this. Lord Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. I need thee forever to live in my soul. Break down every idol. Cast out every foe, now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. If you know the chorus, sing it with me. Whiter than snow, yes, whiter than snow, now wash me and I shall be Whiter than snow. And that's why I'm dreaming 
of a white Christmas. Because in the town of David, a baby has been born who is Christ the Lord. And though you and I have sins that look, man, what a mess. And sometimes our life's a mess. And it doesn't work out the way that we wanted it to. And it doesn't look like the way that we wanted it to look. But when Jesus comes into that life, now wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. One of the things we always look forward to in this Christmas Eve service is the time where we light candles. And so Chris and Sharon are going to come down this center aisle and they're going to light the candles that are on the end because those candles symbolize the light of the world, this baby who has come into our life to restore and make all things new, to deal with our sin problem, and not only that, to give us life and give it to us abundantly. But we have a part in this too. As the candle on the end is lit, we're asking you to turn to the person on your row and light their candle because that's our mission. As Christ has come into our life, our job is to take that light and to share it with the next person that is next to us, that comes into our sphere of influence. Our light needs to be a light that shines so that others can not only see the light, but they can experience the light. And so, as the praise team leads us, and as candles are lit, let's remember that a white Christmas really is possible.